0: Spirit, turn to your neighbor and say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, today is the Sunday after Pentecost. My title today is called Bilingual. And how many of us, there's probably a few of us in here who are bilingual, correct? You know, there are 7,100 languages in, in our world today, 7,100 languages. The most popular language, anybody can guess? French people consider french it is it says the most beautiful language spoken second most beautiful guess what german third arabic italian and english now if you look at those languages right there they rate them because they say that speaking in French is just so beautiful when you hear someone speaking in, in French. German is so beautiful when you hear someone singing in German. Arabic, because it looks so nice when it's written down. Italian, they say, is, is so beautiful because of the, um, the body language of Italian. And then English, the last one, they say English is, is beautiful because of the backstory. We're here for a reason, right? We're here in, in the United States of America for a reason and a purpose. There's a language this morning. How many of us have ever heard the saying? Um, how many of us have ever heard that saying that um, so heavenly minded, but we're no earthly good? Have you ever heard that saying before? That you're so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. And so this morning as we break into the story and the text, what I want you to think about is, and I, I do know people that are so heavenly-minded at times that it seems like they're no earthly good. But I want all of us, including myself, to ask ourselves, am I so earthly-minded that I'm not spiritually good? We can look at people and we can say, that person is definitely a Jesus freak, and I mean freak. And they seem so spiritual. And they do this, they this, this, and this. And there's many people around the world who don't want to be saved and don't want to be Christians because they seem so freaky. Christians seem so freaky. They seem so f- this and they seem th- so that. And so sometimes Christians, you know what we do? We try to do the opposite. Well, I don't want to be like that Jesus person because I don't want to sound like that. And I don't want to look like that. So let me do the opposite. And so what I think we have, one of the issues in, our, in church today around the, on the world is, have we become so earthly minded that we're not really spiritually good at this point? If you have your Bibles, the first text we're going to start with is Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 4. And this may look familiar because it was spoken in the day of Pentecost. Acts 2, verse 4. It says, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit listening Holy Spirit listening. As the Holy Spirit began speaking, as the men began speaking other languages, as the Holy Spirit gave them their ability. You see, there's a Holy Spirit language. Holy Spirit language. Turn to your neighbor and say, do you have the Holy Spirit language? Holy Spirit language. Our main text this morning starts in Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1. The Holy Spirit enabled the men to speak in other languages. Acts chapter 3, starting verse 1, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth, crippled from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money some this, um, this poor guy he's over 40 years old but it said that at birth he was born with a condition he was born and he was crippled and the Bible called him lame it wasn't that he was a lame man but he was a crippled man right this man was born with this it's not something that happened later in life it's not something he asked for it's not something that you know he you know in the tummy he asked his mom hey can I can I be born crippled he was born with a certain condition. He was born and he was lame, unfortunately crippled from birth. You know, every day for this man, I feel, I feel bad because he woke up every single day. And how many of us have ever lived the same day, it seems like, over and over and over again? And have we ever gone through a day and it says, man, it seems like I'm circling through this situation. I'm circling through my day. It just goes over and over and over and over again. This guy, he had the same routine. He had a espresso, dark, every single morning. He waited for his friends to pick him up. He made them an espresso because they picked him up. They picked him up and they would take him and drop him off. Every single day, same spot, same time doing the exact same thing seven days a week every single day now how many of us have ever thought it's just nice when it seems like today's different than yesterday right ah breath of fresh air you know it's going to cool down for a day it's going to go from 100 to like 95 ah we can take a deep breath we're going to get five degrees right and then it's going to get hot again, and then it's going to get cooler again, and then it's going to get hot again. But how many of us know when we go from 100 to like 85, doesn't that feel like, "Ah, oh, that's so refreshing. That is so wonderful. That is so awesome. How many of us we look to we look forward to new things. We look forward to new adventures. How many of us we look forward to something new and different. We look forward to a new outfit. We look forward to going shopping and buying this and buying that. How many of the musicians look forward to their next guitar, their next piano, their next instrument? So many one of us we enjoy new things. We love new. This man didn't get that opportunity. He was born with less. And so he was stuck in the same routine every single day. You feel for the people in his life, they had to pick him up and carry him every single day. And being a 40-year-old man, I'm sure he didn't weigh 75 pounds, right? The average 40-year-old man probably weighs at least 150 pounds, at least, right? So every day, and we don't know if it was his brothers, we don't know if it was his friends, but someone had to carry this man every single day. Carry him over, over 40 years to the same place. Carried him. And maybe they got a small cut, right? Maybe they got a little money. Maybe, they, maybe if he got five bucks for the day, maybe he gave them 25 cents each. We don't know. We don't know what the cut is, right? But the people in his life, he had to depend on them his own job. He had to depend on other people. Have you ever been in that situation where you want to get something done but you have to depend on somebody else for you to get it done? How frustrating has it been sometimes when you're waiting for something but you got to depend on somebody else because you physically or spiritually or emotionally or financially you can't do it because you're dependent upon somebody else. It is the very, very most important thing to do. When you read the Bible, you have to dig in and try to picture. So it was this morning we're highlighting this man, 40 years, being crippled, being lame. How did it feel to depend on somebody every single day? Every single day of my life, I have to depend on these people. How did it feel for him? Did he like that? You know, lucky for this guy, he had a job. Now for him, it's not really probably the kind of job that most of us in here would choose his job was to beg because his situation being crippled he couldn't walk he couldn't run he probably couldn't be in food sales I guess or a mechanic couldn't be a food server couldn't be a doctor he was crippled. He was crippled. How many of us, how many of us have ever said, I would, write, I would like to have that job, I'm just not qualified, or I don't have what it takes? For this man, he settled for something. He settled for a job, the only thing that he thought he could do, and that was, let me beg. And you know where... You know what he did? He's, he's strategic in his thinking. He picked the gate called Beautiful. You know why he picked this gate? It's where the non-Jewish people hung out and the ladies. The non-Jewish people and the ladies. So he was strategic in his job. I mean, if you're going to work your job, you should be strategic in what you do, right? So he was strategic. He says, I'm going to beg by the ladies. And then I'm going to beg by the non-Jewish people who are walking in, who have traveled a long distance, people who have gone to the temple, they've prayed, and then hopefully something tugs on their heart so that they'll give me more what? Money. I've got nothing except my crippled body. This is the only thing that I have. This is what has been given to me. This is my situation. My situation being crippled, It's messy. It's hard. It's horrible. And the only thing in my mind that I know how to do is sit and beg other people for money. You know, the reality of the story, he probably couldn't have a normal job, right? Is that not the reality that this guy could not have, he couldn't be a shepherd? If he was crippled, he couldn't walk and take care of the sheep, right? This man, the real part of this poor man's story is that he was crippled and that he had to learn a life. He had to learn his life. Stuck. And unfortunately, you know what happens when for this man and for us in here this morning, we begin to live an enabled life. You see, when we feel... That we can't, when we feel we can't do what we need to do, you know what we do? When we feel that the situation, the mess, is beyond ourselves, we do what this cripple man did. When life is messy, when life is hard, when life is difficult, we do exactly what this cripple man did. I look for someone to enable me in the feelings that I'm having. Do you know there's a lot of confused kids in our world today? And you know why they're confused? Because they don't have someone to give them the truth. And someone who is afraid to give them the truth. When your kid comes to you at seven and says, I don't know how to do math. do You say, you know what? You don't have to do math. It's not important. It's not a big deal. But how many parents say, no, let me teach you how to add and how to subtract? But why is it, you see, that there's certain parts of life when kids are confused, parents, the culture, we enable the confusion instead of bringing light to to the confusion. When friends come to you, when family members come to you, and it's messy, and it's crippling, and it's hard, and there's this, and there's that, do we as friends, are we an enabler? Or we bring in light to every single situation. The crippled man in the story, he stayed the way that he did for 40 years because people enabled him to. It's the situation he accepted, but then the other people enabled him to be that way. And see, every one of us in here, we have people who enable us to be who we used to be, to be who we are, to be who we think we should be. But how many of us hear the voice of something else? You know, as we read this story of the man in the Bible today, crippled at, at birth, 40 years old. And that's horrible. And for 40 years he lived an enabled life because people had to carry him and they felt bad for him. We look at Nick, can you imagine being born, no arms, no legs? We know what kids say. We can only imagine going to school with no arms and no legs. We know what junior hires are like. We know what high school kids are like. They are rough. You imagine. You imagine that being you. How many of us being put in that situation would have wanted to do the exact same thing that he did at 10 and saying, you know what? It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it anymore. There are so many people in our world today, that are saying that about so many different situations because they're getting enabled. Instead of hearing his story and what God wants, we're saying, I want to be out of this messy, messy situation. I want to be out of this crippled situation. And a lot of people, you know what they do? They run to, I need to preserve myself. Instead of standing for what's really real and what's really true. I can't imagine being born like Nick. I can't imagine having no arms, no legs, not ever being able to walk. Not ever, ever. Guy swims, guy surfs, guy travels around the world speaking about Jesus Christ because you know what he decided to do? My life's not about me. Even this ugliness that I feel, my life's about him so spiritually minded that we're no earthly good but the real question is are we so earthly minded that today we're not spiritually good and we become so earthly stuck in our situations this situation to me is crippling this situation it hurts this crippling situation this crippling person in my life this crippling this this crippling this this crippling this this crippling this Because how many of us know that every single day, there are so many different voices that speak over and over and over again. Remember, my title is called bilingual. My title today is bilingual. And you see, there's so many different voices. We have our own voice. All of us, we have our own voice, and we hear our own voice. Oh, I look handsome, I look pretty today. We have that voice that says, I'm hungry right now, feed me. And then there's the devil's voice. And the devil's voice, see the, the problem with the devil's voice, most of us, and even me at times, we have no idea the lies that we believe because he's so good at lying. He is so good at lying. We have no, and I guarantee you, every one of us in here, we deal with the devil's lies. He didn't give up on you, he's gonna keep trying until he can knock you out, till he can knock you over until he gets you into the self-survival mode where it's only about you and I gotta protect me above everything else in my life. What did the devil do when he was in heaven and worship? This sounds so good, let me put myself above God. That's what the devil lies to you about every single day. You need to put yourself above this situation. You're above this situation, you're above this mess, you're above this person, you're above this, you're above that, you're above this. You don't need to listen to the truth. The reality in this story, the man was crippled. But the truth is, his life was about to change. Did he have any clue? Did he have any idea? Did he have anything? Did he know? Did he understand? For 40 years, he was enabled. 40 years, he was enabled. Acts 3, 4, the story goes on. It says, Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look, the man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. And Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. And in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. I think for the disciples, see, they learned the new language. And they learned it. They didn't learn it, you know, three years ago when they first met Jesus. The language came together for them. The language came together for them on the day of Pentecost. They spent time with Jesus. They listened. They heard. They saw. But that language didn't fully make sense. They didn't fully grasp it yet. You know, for the disciples who were with Jesus for three and a half years, what did they do for three and a half years? Who are the people, if you look at the the classification of people that Jesus and the disciples hung around, they hung around sometimes with the religious. What did the religious do with Jesus? You know what they did? They did this. They bickered and complained the whole time. They were unwilling to hear the truth out of Jesus' mouth. These were people that Jesus saw on a daily basis. These are people that Jesus saw on a daily basis. And what did he, and he continued To be around the religious, even though they bickered and complained all the time, instead of listening, they bickered and complained. For Jesus and his disciples, they hang around with with people who didn't know the truth. They didn't know they didn't know God. They knew about Him, but they didn't know Him personally. And they were hungry, and they were desperate. And today in our world today, we are filled with the same amount of people, the same people, the same desires, the same emotions and spiritual aspects. There are people who religiously today, they don't wanna hear the truth. You know why religious people don't wanna hear the truth? Because they've been enabled to be crippled. I don't wanna be free because I'm enabled to be crippled. I don't wanna be free. And then how many people, you know, like me and my story, I didn't fully give my life to God until I fully realized that there was a God and there was a devil. There's so many people who can get behind, yeah, there's a God. There's many people who can get behind, there's multiple gods. But when you start admitting, okay, if there's a God, there's a devil. And the more you start to admit, it more lines up with what? Only one thing, which is the Bible. God is trying to shift us from just being good people to great people? How many of us remember that he said, when I leave, you're gonna do greater things? Do you think that God wants us just to be good people? Or does he wanna move you into something greater? Does God wanna shift something in our life? Does God wanna shift something inside of us that he takes us from just being good to being great? And in order to move from good to great, you know what it takes? It takes learning a new life language the disciples learned the new language they became bilingual pentecost sunday the disciples learned something different you see if you rewind three years ago and they walked by this man and he asked for some money you know what i really think they would have done at that point i think they would have gave him a small coin i think three years ago before pentecost as the disciples walked by the beggar if they saw him as they walked by him as he asked for money, I think they would have gave him something. I think they would have gave him a piece of bread. They would have gave him a small coin. Because they hadn't learned the new language. And you know what that, what that new language does? The man asked for something, he asked for what? Money. It's something that he wanted. But on, on this Sunday, on the, in this story, he got way more than what he wanted. He got a brand new life. You see, learning the language of God, it's nice to meet people's needs. It's nice when you do something nice for other people and they feel good about it. It is so nice, right, to be in a friendship circle and friends who you hang out and you laugh and you have a good time. You're giving each other what you think that you want and need. And that's good. But the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do? He takes it past your wants and your needs, and He gives you something far greater than you could give yourself or anybody else. It's a new language. There's a new language out there. There's a new word that is spoken every single day. And for the disciples, they learn this new language. One of the greatest things I've learned in my life, and I can't tell you that I do it all the time, is when you learn a new language, you don't want to rush. When you learn something new you don't want to rush you want to pause you want to listen now how many of us know that none of us in here are perfect correct do we have anybody in here who's perfect no but yet the standard that we hold everyone else to is perfection when we as people understand I'm in the process that God has me going through. God has you in the process that he has you going through. Do you think God wants us to just live the rest of our lives giving people what they want or giving people more than what they need? Again, the man wanted money, but he got so much more. So many things that are driving every single thing that we do every single day. How do we listen and how do we learn a new language? How many of us know that our our wonderful smartphones, that you can download apps, right? Teach a new language. Now, if you're bilingual, trilingual, that's great. You already know more than one language. That's awesome. Pat yourself on the back. You've learned more than one language. You speak multiple languages. And you can download things that help you learn them even faster. And through the 7,100 languages that are on our planet today, there's one language that's more important than anything else. It's the language of God. It's the language of God. Acts three seven eight, 8, continuing the story. Peter took the lame man by the right hand and he helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up. He stood on his feet. He began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with him. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God when they realized that this was the lame beggar that had seen, that they'd seen so often at the beautiful gate. They were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly, tightly to Peter and John. For this man it had a beautiful ending it had a beautiful end to the story he spent 40 of his years 40 years of his life being crippled being lame being enabled being carried being dropped off being picked up being taken home going to bed waking up being picked up again being dropped off at the gate being picked up at the gate over and over the cycle of 40 years over and over and over and over again Getting a brand new life. Can you imagine what it felt like? Can you imagine, can you picture Nick in that, in that video with Nick who has no arms and no legs, if all of a sudden God just gave him arms and legs? What would it feel like? Can you put yourself in that situation and think for a minute, man, if I had nothing, but yet if God did this for me, wow, what would that feel like? The man got a beautiful, beautiful Beautiful new life. As the story goes on in Acts chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Peter saw the opportunity and he addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what's so surprising about this? Why stare at us that, that we had made this man walk by our own power, our own godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all of our ancestors, who's brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision. To release him, you rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. You know what I love about Peter, as soon as this man gets healed and as soon as everyone's going crazy? What is the first thing he does? He says, It's not about me it's not about this man this is about this is about Jesus what did the story of Nick's what was he saying even though I have no hands and feet and you may feel for me it's not about me who's it about it's about Jesus I have nothing in life I have nothing Life has left me short, life has left me this, life has left me broke, life has left me lonely, life has left me depressed, life has left me this, life has left me this. All the things that all of us can dwell on, all the things in this world, right? How many of us, we could, we could write a book, we can write a story, we can write all the list of things that we don't like. Does God love us and leave us? Does God love you? Does God love you and leave you where you used to be? Or does God want to lead you to somewhere better? Mentally, physically, spiritually. God loves you more than you love you. And because he loves you more than you love you, he has something greater than what we even want for ourselves this morning. You know, as we start to wrap up and we get ready to close. My, my title is called bilingual, and as we move into a new theme, the Holy Spirit, you know, started on Pentecost Sunday as we continue to move in the theme of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, how important is the Holy Spirit to our lives today? Obviously, it was the disciples because they spent three and a half years with the revelation of Jesus Christ. They spent three years with him. They loved him. They watched him. They ate with him. They dined with him. They saw Jesus die. He was crucified, and then he was raised to life. But when he was gone, it was... Now what do we do? Now what do we do? And when the Holy Spirit came, what had happened? It changed everything. God was not in the flesh anymore. Now God was living inside of them by his Holy Spirit.